Good morning. This is Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who've been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Scott Parkinson. Scott is the senior pastor at Stephen Street Baptist Church. Their services begin on Sunday mornings at 9 and at 1030. So you have options. You can get up early or sleep in a little bit. And uh, Stephen Street will see you at 9 or 1030 on Sunday mornings. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Thank you for being here, Pastor Scott. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. We're excited that you're here. I was doing a little bit of background research on you. And so on your church's website, it tells me you're married to Kelly. Yes. And that you have five children. We do. It's a lot of children. People often refer to it as a handful. Uh, it is a handful at <laughs> that. If I had five children and uh, had to get everyone out the door into church on Sunday morning, I think at least uh, one of us would go in our pajamas or maybe in our birthday suit. How do you manage Sunday mornings at your house? Well, I tell you, it can be a challenge, especially when my wife is not there. Yeah. And the congregation can always tell when my wife might be out of town or something because <laughs> my children will have mismatching clothes uh-huh. or one of my girls won't have their hair brushed. Um, But yes, it can be a pretty challenge, but I have to give her a lot of credit for it because on Sunday mornings, I typically get up early and I'm headed to church early and she brings the kids later and she does a really, really good job. Now, what ages are your children? So I have a a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, I have two 10-year-olds and a 12-year-old. Wow. Yeah, and the 10-year-olds are not twins. One of my 10-year-olds was adopted from India. I love that. Yes. Wonderful. What a beautiful story. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Okay, now your wife is Kelly. Yes. Kelly's a little bit of a celebrity. Tell us about Kelly. Yeah, Kelly is a lot more interesting than me, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, Well, let's talk about it. (laughs) I often tell people, uh, you know, being humorous, or they think I'm being humorous, but I'm really being silly, when I meet new people, I'll often say, you may or may not like me, but you're going to love my wife. And people will typically chuckle about that. And then after they know me and Kelly about six months, they're like, yeah, I like you. Okay. But I love your wife. <laughs> you were right about that. Uh, we, like your, we, lo- we like your wife better. <laughs> uh, that's exactly right. No, Kelly, she's a great woman. I met her in South Carolina about 14, 15 years ago. We've been married 13 years And I was serving at a church in South Carolina. And uh, when I went on staff at that church, I wasn't the senior pastor, preacher. I was just uh, on staff at the church. And her family was there. And that's how we met and, um, you know, got married and all that fun stuff. And yes, she is a little bit of a celebrity. She's Um, amazing, I hear. Well, she was on The Amazing Race uh, years ago. That's so impressive. Yeah. And um, now that was before she and I were a thing. Okay. Um, And uh, she's also Miss South Carolina in 2002. And she is still just as beautiful now as she ever has been. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I love the way you love her. Yeah, she's great. Okay, so I'm also interested in hearing about your education. As I was looking through your bio, again, on the church's website, I see you're a graduate of Mississippi College. Yes. 
and Southwestern Seminary and Southeastern Seminary. Yes. And so when I read that, I thought, oh, my heavens, he has like conquered geographically the Southwest and the Southeast in terms of seminary. What led you there? Well, I tell you, preachers have a habit of getting a lot of education that sometimes maybe they do or maybe they don't need. And uh, it certainly does not mean that we're smart. Uh, It just means that we took a long time getting some degrees. So I went to uh, Mississippi College. I got a degree in history. And when I went to Mississippi College, I pretty much was just looking for an undergraduate degree that could get right. me into seminary. History is a great degree for that. Well, it 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 actually, yeah, it is. It is. So I, I got a good background. And so I spent three years in Texas getting a Master's of Divinity, kind of got my foundational um, education courses out of the way there. And uh, then in North Carolina, and, and this was years later, I, I went to and got my doctorate um, from a school there in North Carolina, Southeastern Seminary. So spent about three years doing that. And the great thing about all that education is that it is finally over. <laughs> I totally understand. when I when I wrote that big paper, it's, it's so good. Oh, uh, when I when I finally finished my doctorate degree and I turned it in, and I'm convinced no one has ever read it. It's just sitting in a library somewhere. I was glad that it was over and it was done. What was the topic for your dissertation? Well, uh, I, you know, your listeners may or may not find this interesting, but uh, I uh, actually did a study. I surveyed a bunch of growing churches across the Southeast, and I surveyed their new members, and uh, I was trying to discover what made people commit to a church, like not what brought them to the church, but right. after they came to the church and after they heard the preaching and met the people and experienced the congregation for a period of months. What made them decide this is going to be the church that I will join and I will become a part of long term. And so that was that was the topic of my of my project, my dissertation. Yeah. Excellent. I'm sure someone has read that. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> they have. I'm absolutely certain. Okay, so I understand you like hunting, hiking, and being outdoors. Yes, I love being outside. I grew up in Mississippi, and you know, I spent almost all my time outside doing something as a boy, playing football in the backyard, building forts in the woods, riding bikes, um, you know, shooting BB guns. Anything you can imagine outdoors, I grew up doing that. So I enjoy the outdoors, hunting, hiking, camping, anything that kind of puts me outside. Do you have any favorite areas in the Cookville area? Well, favorite hikes? uh, I mean, I have some places that I have hiked kind of close by here. I've done a lot of hiking in the Smokies, as Mm -hmm. many of your listeners have probably been been to the Smokies. And of course, I have places, uh, places around the county where I deer hunt and things like that. So have you been to Burgess Falls yet? I have been to Burgess Falls. Beautiful. Yes. It's it's a great place. Middle Tennessee is a beautiful, beautiful place to live. There are hiking trails and waterfalls and various things just in an easy driving distance anywhere around Cookville. I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to The Calling, and we'll be back in a moment. We're back. You're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby, and we're here this morning with Pastor Scott Parkinson at Stephen Street Baptist Church. And Pastor Scott, you were telling us that you started um, 
not as a senior pastor. And so tell us a little bit about how you went from a kid in Mississippi growing up hunting, fishing, hiking, loving the outdoors to ending up in Cookville, Tennessee at Stephen Street Baptist Church. Well, I tell you, I am quite uh, honored to be where I am, considering considering where I came from in life. I had very humble beginnings growing up, grew up in Mississippi. Um, I guess you could say I kind of had a fairly traditional background, came from a pretty traditional family. Uh, We went to church a lot. My dad was a retail manager, and it seemed like we had a pretty good little perfect life until I uh, was about nine years old. My mother and my father got divorced. And so uh, our, our, our family split apart, and that caused me to really spiral out of control as a, as a teenager. My mother had to go back to work, and um, you know, me and my sister, we kind of we were just kind of left to kind of just do our own thing um, a lot of the times. And so I got into the wrong crowd, and I got into drugs and alcohol. And uh, was a pretty bad kid. I actually, it's interesting, you asked me about my education before. I actually dropped out of school in the ninth grade. And um, so the fact that the fact that I was a high school dropout and then God eventually took me through all those educational paths uh, is just a miracle in and of itself. But I dropped out of school in ninth grade and I was just a big partier, basically. And um Again, like I said, I got in with the wrong crowd, and uh, my life was absolutely headed nowhere. Well, one day, January the matter of fact, I know the date, January the 29th, 1991, uh, God really got a hold of me. And um, I have found myself in a very, very low point in my life. In fact, I was actually in jail. I was 18 years old. I had gotten thrown in jail, and I was sitting there in that jail cell realizing that my life was absolutely headed nowhere. And I called on Jesus to save me, and he did. And my life radically changed in that moment. I was completely and totally radically changed and really began to have and sense a calling about my life almost immediately, even though I probably wouldn't be able to articulate it. I knew that God had purpose for me. And so I began to read the Bible. In fact, I immediately requested a Bible and I sat down and I read the Bible all day, every day. And I read the Bible cover to cover in three and a half weeks. Uh, So I got saved on January the 29th, 1991. And three and a half weeks later, I had read the entire Bible. I started in Genesis chapter one and I went all the way through to Revelation chapter 21 in those weeks. And The Lord just used that in my heart and changed me. And so I began to walk with him and seek him. And I got into church almost immediately. And I was just hungry for the things of God and uh, just couldn't get enough studying my Bible and and reading and learning and growing and talking to other Christians and attending church on Sunday. And about a year after I got saved, and so this would have been in, in, in 1992 sometime, My pastor at the time came to me and asked me if I would preach on a youth Sunday. Mm -hmm. So um, back in that time, I guess that was 28 years ago, back at that time, churches would have youth Sundays to where the youth would lead the worship service on a Sunday morning and they would have a young person that would preach. And so they asked me to preach. And so here I am, this 19-year-old new Christian, I had never taught 
before, never preached before, anything like that. And um, in preparing that sermon and uh, and preaching that sermon, the Lord really showed me that that's what he wanted me to do for the rest of my life. You had somewhat of an epiphany, didn't you? Uh, yeah, that I guess that would be a great word for it. And so I immediately began to seek out to uh, get my GED because I had been a high school dropout. And I laid down a track of education that I knew that I needed to get in order to be a senior pastor one day. And I knew I needed some experience working in churches. So I just tried to do anything as far as volunteering that I could. And eventually, as as I continued to mature, I finally went on staff at a church and started out in student ministry working with working with youth. And this was in Mississippi. And uh, so I worked with youth for a while, and then I did some other things part-time in ministry while I was in seminary. And then after I graduated from seminary in my late 20s, I moved to South Carolina, which is where I met and married my wife. And in South Carolina, I was a college and student pastor. The whole time knowing that eventually the Lord was going to lead me to be a senior pastor. And so uh, she and I got married and started a family, and then shortly thereafter, um, I accepted a position in North Carolina uh, to be a senior pastor. And about three years later, I moved to Tennessee, and I've been here about 10 years. How nice. Yeah. So that's a quick synopsis of my salvation, my calling, and just everything that's happened in my life you know, since 91. You know, pastors wear a lot of hats. Uh we are preachers, teachers, social workers, counselors. Is there a particular um, duty or responsibility that you connect with? Well, f- for me personally, my, my calling really goes back to um, what I believe to be the giftedness that the Lord has given to me, and that is to teach and to preach the Word of God. I feel like that's my first responsibility uh, I certainly don't believe that I'm the most gifted at doing that or that I am, you know, the best at doing that, but it's just what the Lord has, has really put on my heart to do. And so I spent a, I spent a lot of my time really focusing in on studying the word of God and presenting God's truth to people. And uh, so that would certainly be primary among it. And then uh, secondarily, would and it really kind of fits in with the first, I believe strongly in missions. I believe that whenever Jesus gave us the Great Commission in Matthew 28, and he said, make disciples of all nations, um, you know, our calling is not just to be disciples, but is to make disciples and multiply disciples. And so that is a, that's a big thing in my heart and in my life and also in the life of our church. Um, we have... I would say we have somewhere in the range of uh, 15 or 16 week-long mission trips that we plan and implement through Stephen Street. We go to various places all all over the world, places like South Asia, uh, Eastern Europe, um, and even some closed countries that um, are not real safe to go to. But we take the calling of God seriously. We're also active in places like Portland, New York, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, and we just seek to plant churches and expand God's kingdom globally. So those are, those are the two big things for me, the preaching of the word, and then I guess you would say the spreading of the word. Great. You're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby, and we'll be back after these messages. I'm 
I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to The Calling. We're here this morning with Scott Parkinson, who Parkinson, excuse me, who is the senior pastor at Stephen Street Baptist Church. And Scott would like to share a motivational moment. Thank you very much for allowing me to do that. Um, so this morning, as I was reading in my quiet time and actually preparing for my sermon for Sunday, there is a verse of scripture in Ephesians that I really love, and it got me to thinking, you know, how do I pray for my church? What do I pray for the Lord to give my church? And not just my church, but really any church. And this beautiful prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed uh, for the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 1, and he says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, he says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. And here's this phrase remembering you in my prayers. And then it's not so much that he gives the prayer that he prays as much as the content of the prayer. And and this is what he says. He says, I pray that the Lord, the God of Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. And I thought to myself, that is such a great prayer to pray for a church. And in our day and time, whenever churches are focused on architecture or are focused on music and uh, their church budget and all their programming, this passage just reminds us that Paul prayed some very specific spiritual prayers for the church. He prayed that the church would have a spirit of wisdom, that they would have revelation, that they would have a knowledge of Jesus and that their hearts would be enlightened. And that's not just a good prayer that we would pray for a church. It's also a prayer that we would pray for ourselves, that we would ask the Lord to give us wisdom. And perhaps there's one of the listeners here that might be struggling for wisdom in something that a decision maybe that God wants them to make, or there's a knowledge that they need uh, for a decision in their life, or maybe they just need the eyes of their heart enlightened so that they would understand Jesus better. Well, this is a great prayer from a great verse of Scripture for them to read today. And uh, who knows, maybe God would do something great in someone's life today because of this Bible verse. That is a beautiful verse. Read it again for us, Scott. It says, "Having uh, I'm sorry, let me back up, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And that's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Beautiful. Thank you. You're listening to The Calling. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby. We're here this morning with Pastor Scott Parkinson from Stephen Street Baptist Church. And Scott, this is my favorite segment of the show, I think, because we get to know the real you. We peel off the layers of the onion, for example, and ask just some really fun questions. So I'm going to ask you five questions. You're going to get to plead the fifth or pass on one of those questions okay okay I can sorry do there's no like phone a friend or anything right. yeah so are you going to lead by example and also answer these questions um 
okay, sure. <laughs> oh, wow. I've I, never been asked oh, wow. that before. Wow, I did not expect that. But, you know, How about turnabout's that? fair play. Okay, yeah. I like this. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, now she's hesitant. Yeah, you know, the shoe's on the other foot now. <laughs> all right, here we go. You don't have to answer. No, I'm teasing I, Okay. If you had one rule that everyone had to follow, what would your rule be? Wow, one rule. That one rule and one rule only. Just one rule? That hmm, everyone had to follow it worldwide. It was Scott's rule. Scott's rule. I would say that that one rule would be you have to love bacon. <gasps> yes. Yes. You know, that would really be hard to follow. Yes. Well, I mean, for like vegans and vegetarians, I yeah. Know. But for me, like I would get dibs on everybody else's bacon. Yes. Wow. Do you like like chocolate covered bacon? Have you ever had that? I have. I've had chocolate covered bacon. I've had all kinds of bacon. It's kind of a running joke in our congregation really? with me and okay. bacon. Well, what's your favorite way to have bacon? Well, you know, just the traditional way. You just fry it up mm -hmm. and uh, you just, yeah. We have bacon um, pretty much every week around the office. Yeah. Wonderful. That's right. Our uh, wonderful hospitality staff uh -huh, helps to prepare food, that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You have like some scrambled eggs with it or some biscuits and gravy? Uh, yeah, just whatever. Uh, you how's know. your cholesterol level? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Don't worry about that. Okay. Two, if life were a movie, what song, if your life were a movie, what song would be on your soundtrack? What song would be on my soundtrack? If your life were a movie. Wow, my wife is gonna love this. Um, <laughs> have you ever uh, have you ever heard that song, um, "Bad to the Bone"? You mean b -b 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 bad? Well, on the day I was born, mm -hmm. the come on, you got to do the tune. Nurses all gathered round. Bum, 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 bum. There you go. That's it. <laughs> All right. I feel like we need to bring Kelly in and talk to her. You know, Kelly could definitely um, give some background to some of these answers that I'm giving. Absolutely. Okay. You have five children. Count them five. If you didn't sleep, what would you do with your extra time? I didn't sleep. What would I do with my extra time? Well, I would probably spend more time outdoors, hiking? I guess. Biking? Yes, hiking, biking, doing all that kind of stuff, all hunting, that fun fishing. stuff. Yeah, hunting, fishing. Yeah. The kids really do keep us super busy, as yeah. you can imagine. Yeah. Ball games, ballet, wrestling, all that kind Isn't of stuff. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, though? it is. It's a busy season, but a wonderful season. It is. And our, our kids are so great. Tell us their names. Do you care to share first names only? Well, sure. Uh, there's uh, Seth and Levi and Lila and Katie Pierce and Joel. Mm. Hi. Hi, family. Yeah. Daddy's doing a great job on the radio. <laughs> okay. Next question. If you were going to have dinner with three people, either dead or alive, which three would you choose? Man, that's hard. I know, right? Three people. Dead or alive, man, Dead anybody. Dead or alive. I know. There okay. are no boundaries on okay. this question. Okay. How about, hmm, how about um, George Washington? Yes. Good answer. Billy Graham. Good answer. Hmm. Let me think of one more. How about Charles Spurgeon? 
Oh, my heavens. That would be quite a dinner conversation. Yes, it would be. I'm just going to point out, just kind of, you know, unbiased that you didn't mention that you'd ask Kelly to come. Oh. So I'm just offering that. Yeah. Well, I get to have we're dinner with her have, a lot. We're going to let you have four people right, at this dinner right. party, and we're going to assume Kelly's coming. Well, in. it would be a given that she would accompany yes, me. Absolutely. Yes, Because we would have them over to my house. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. For bacon. Yes, for bacon. Exactly. <laughs> I All might right. even make them babysit. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That would be a conversation. It would. Huh. wonder what kind of stories Billy Graham would tell. Oh, there's no telling. That'd be fun. <laughs> okay, last question. You've done very well. You have uh, not used a free pass. You have not used, uh, you haven't Oh, I forgot. Fit. Is yeah. there a phone a friend in here? No phone a friend. Okay. Sorry. Mm. No. Yeah, this one's not bad, though. It's really super easy. Tell us your most embarrassing moment. (laughs) My most embarrassing moment. That is actually, this question is actually easier for me to answer than the other ones. Yes. Okay. Well, we're listening. We're all ears. Listen up, Cookville. Okay. So I, uh, I had barely been a senior pastor about three years, three or four years, something like that. I had just moved to Tennessee. And I was in Manchester, Tennessee. I was pastoring a church, Trinity Baptist, and I was brand new. And one of the one of the, one of the things that takes a pastor a little bit of time to get used to is doing funerals. Oh yeah. Um, and so I hadn't done a lot of funerals. The church that I'd pastored previously, I had done four or five. But when I moved to Trinity, I had to do several funerals just back to back to back to back. And so there was this, there was this one, there was this one gentleman and, uh, I didn't know him very well, but he was like a city official. And so the who's who of Manchester shows up to this funeral and here I have to stand up and I have to say something about this man that was a, uh, he was a member of the church, but I didn't know him real well. I had met him a couple of times, but I didn't really know him. And everybody was standing up and they were saying all these wonderful, awesome, awesome things about him. And he had, he had this, this nickname and, um, I called him by the wrong nickname. So I stood up and I said something like, oh, this has just been so great and hearing everyone talk. And I feel like I know him know him so so well and his 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 the nickname was old frizz now i'll i'll spare you the background of where that nickname came from but i called him frisco so i called him the wrong name and i didn't realize what i had done until i saw some friends of mine in the back they were kind of hiding their faces and they were laughing <laughs> and then i realized just this 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 flush of embarrassment just came over me as i was at this funeral and i was brand new and i was around all these people that i didn't know real well and it was definitely a moment i wish i could forget and not soon ever relive for sure <laughs> very embarrassing Thank you, Scott, for being on the show today. You've been listening to The Calling. Today, our guest has been Scott Parkinson, Senior Pastor of Stephen Street Baptist Church. And we're grateful for you discussing your calling, your years in ministry. And we're so glad that you're here today. Thank you very much for asking me. I appreciate it very much. Each week, we will introduce you to members of the community who have followed their call to serve. I'm Denna Hornby, and this has been The Calling.